And let's pray briefly. I'm going to lead us as we think about this story of Abraham that was read to us just a minute ago. Let's pray. We ask, Heavenly Father, that you would open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this morning through this ancient, ancient text and show us what we need to know today from this. We pray it in dependence on your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good. Right. In our all-age services this term, we are going to be looking at some of the great calls of the Bible. That is, moments when God came in in a very clear way and called particular people to serve him or to do something for him. And we're going to be looking at three of those this term, Abraham today, and uh, next month Kevin's going to look at Moses, and then the month after that I'm going to look at Samuel, the great prophet. But today, Abraham, or as he was called at the beginning of his story, Abram, his name got changed a little while later, and uh, for, for good reasons, but we might go into that, we'll see how we get on. But the thing is, Abraham lived in a tent. And so that explains why I've got a tent in church. Uh, there have already been people asking me this morning whether, whether I'm that, that's where I live now because my wife has kicked me out. And I don't think that's very kind. Um, and it's not true. Um, so I've got the um, tent here, and um, it's actually because Abraham lived in tents. And the great thing about tents is that you can move, and Abraham lived a life on the move. So he started his life in a place called, it's a bit of a funny name actually, <clears throat> I want to get it right, Ur. <laughs> How's that? Ur. Ur of the Chaldeans, it's called. I've always liked that name, Ur. Um, so can you say it? Ur. There you go. He lived in Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, so let's pitch our tent in Ur of the Chaldeans. And the, um, so if any of the children do want to come and get in my tent, they're very welcome. But in the nature of things, hang on, I don't know what's in. Can, you, can the live stream still see me if I'm here? Good. Thank you very much. And um, let me just unzip this tent, which frankly is so flimsy, I would not want to stay in it except on the most clement summer's night. Um, anyone's welcome to get into my tent if they want to. Um, oh, look, does any, has anyone got a lot of puff this morning? Because I've got this, I've got this, to, um, I've got this to blow up. There we are. Uh, Caroline, thank you very much. Lovely. Um, right, so here's Abraham living in Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, in Ur of the Chaldeans, it seems like what they did there is they worshipped the moon. That was their big thing. Oh, it looks very cosy. You're not going to let Anna in. It's a bit, a bit mean. Go on, let, let Anna in as well. It's, it's, um... Oh, there she is. She's in. Right. So, they're there. They're all, and they're basically... When, so, Abraham's dad is called Tira, and Tira and his family, they worship the moon as well. Now, that's not a very good idea because the moon is not God. And one of the issues, as you read the book of Genesis, which is where we're preaching from here, is that again and again and again, human beings decide to worship things that are not God. Idols, in other words, things that are not God. And so what you've seen happening... How are you getting on, Caroline? Keep going. <laughs> Sorry about that. It does need quite a lot of, um, quite a lot of air. Um, is that... 
right through from the beginning, people keep worshipping what is not God. And as a result, God judges them. And so we've had, in the book of Genesis, three great judgments. First of all, humanity gets booted out of the Garden of Eden. And then the flood comes in the days of Noah, in chapter 6. And then, in chapter 11, you get another great judgment as human beings screw it up again with the Tower of Babel, and God scatters them throughout the world. And you're thinking, oh no, we've got people again worshipping not gods. In other words, idols. In this case, they're worshipping the moon. And Tira, Abraham, that's what they're all into as well. And you're thinking, oh no, we know what happens next. Another great big judgment. Does anybody remember a question of sport and the what happened next round? That was my absolute favourite round. I think question of sport has now finished, hasn't it? Has it been taken off the telly? I think. But basically, if you don't know what the what, the what happened next round was, there would be a perfectly normal game of football or cricket or whatever it was, or rugby, and they would stop the video. And you'd then have to guess what happened next. And it was always something very unexpected, like a dog would come on and, and grab the hold of the ball or... The, or the player, you know, would dive to get the ball and his trousers would fall down, or there would suddenly be a blizzard, or something like that would happen. And you could never guess it. And it's the same with this. You could never guess what happened. Every time human beings turn away and worship things that are not God, judgment falls. People turn away and worship what is not God, judgment falls. People turn away and worship what is not God, and judgment falls. And then again, they're doing it, they're worshipping what is not God, and guess what? God steps in and says, I'm going to bless you. The last thing we expect to happen. More about the blessing in a minute. We'll come to that. But first of all, there's a journey to be made. Abraham's story, that's our, I'm going to speak in two parts. I'll come back a bit later on. But let's just do Abraham, Abraham's journey because it seems that the Lord came right back in uh, of the Chaldeans and said to Abraham and his family, you need to move north-west to the land of Canaan. By the way, Ur of the Chaldeans is actually in, basically it's in Iraq. It's part of Iraq um, nowadays, that's where it would be. But the Lord said, right, you need to up and go towards Canaan. But they didn't make it all the way to Canaan. They made it as far as a place called Haran. Right, we need to go to Haran. Out you get. This is part of the nomadic lifestyle. Out you get. You can take your tent. You don't get as far as Canaan. I, did they, they sort of somehow chickened out of going all the way as far as they should have gone. We don't know why they, they stopped in Haran, but they did. So you need to move the tent. Come on, tent-dwelling nomads. That's right. So here's Haran. So they get as far as Haran. So I put my high quality tent down, you can get in again, because they camp there for a while, <coughs> and while they're there, Tira, the father, dies, and once Tira, his father, dies, the Lord says to Abraham, right, now it's time to stop dithering around, get ye to where I will show you, just out of your tent, pack it up, we're going on a journey, and Abraham says, Aye, aye, sir, I'm going. Aye, aye, Lord, I'm going. And so, oh, thank Caroline, thank you very much indeed, that's very good. You feel a bit dizzy, she's going to lie down now. <coughs> so he says, up you get, we're going now, 
Out you get, out of your tent. And so they go and they take the tent and they go northwest all the way to the land of Canaan, which is what, oh, careful of the microphone, that's right. They, the land of Canaan, which is modern day Israel. So they go there, and first of all, they go to a place called Shechem in the middle of Israel, and then they, they, Abraham worships there, and then he goes on, and he, uh, in fact, the Lord says to him, he says, when he gets to these places, he goes to another place called Ai, and another place in the south, he goes throughout the land, and the Lord says to him, I am going to give you, Abraham, this land. And so, there they are, in the tent, camping in the land. It's the land that's been promised to Abraham and his descendants, and yet, they don't yet own it. They don't yet live there in it, so they camp in tents, and they go around, traveling in their tents. No, no, don't zip it up. I want to know what's going on in there. So, there's Abraham in the land. Now, a couple of things I just want to quickly say about that, because, of course, well, there's a couple of important things to say. One is, this whole issue about the land, we know full well, we just look at it on our news today, that land is a, is a source of huge dispute. And I'm not going to get into that dispute today at all. That was, I was way beyond my, my, my wisdom at all to talk about that. But let's just say one thing. Abraham, when he goes into that land, God has something much bigger in mind. He's not just thinking about that little bit of land at the eastern end of the Mediterranean. That little bit of land is a symbol of something much bigger that God is one day going to give to Abraham and his descendants. He's going to give the entire world. And that promise is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus, the son of Abraham, who came into that land, he died in that land, rose again from that land, and then, just before he went to heaven from that land, said the words, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. The whole world is mine. And so when we're looking at Abraham in the land, we're thinking not so much about that geographical little bit of land, what actually, ultimately, we're led to think about is Jesus holding authority over the entire creation. And this little land here was only a symbol of that greater, greater inheritance. I'm very happy to talk more about that if anyone wants to about it later. One more little thing before we sing a song about obedience, obeying Jesus, trusting and going with him. To trust and obey. Why did Abraham get up and go? because he trusted the one who told him to. He knew him. He knew the Lord. He said, I know, I can trust you, so I'm going to go wherever you say. He doesn't know where he's going exactly, but he said, I'm going to go wherever you go. You know, sometimes we have to do that. Sometimes we have to obey before we can see the outcome. <coughs> sometimes we have to go <coughs> with God's way before we can see that it's going to be okay. Sometimes we think, I can't possibly obey God in this. It's too difficult. It's too costly. It's too complicated. God says, trust me with that. I'll deal with the consequences. You trust and obey me. And that's what Abraham does. Oh, the Lord said to Abraham, up you get from Ur of the Chaldeans and go to the land I will show you. He stops in, Canaan, in, in Haran for a bit and dithers. 
But eventually, there he goes. In faith, he trusts the Lord, and he goes to the land of Canaan and Israel, which the Lord promises him. Now then, we have got to think about the fact that God, do you remember he said that God steps in and does something completely unexpected? We're expecting judgment, because that's what's happened until this point. People worship, not God's judgment, not God's judgment, not God's judgment, not God's. And then suddenly the Lord says to Abraham, come on, we're going to start this afresh. I am going to open a door for the human race, a door of hope, a door of life, a door of light, which will never close. I am going to bless this world through this man's descendants. Now, hang on a minute. There's a problem here. And the problem is that Abraham and Sarai, his wife, can't have children. They can't have children. And so we think, hang on a minute. How can that be? How can... Well, look. Look at Genesis. This is one of, this is one of the most important little passages in the whole Bible. If you want to understand how the Bible all fits together, this is one of the most important points. The Lord steps in, this is Genesis 12, verse 2 and 3, and says, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great. By the way, what word sticks out? I will make you a blessing, I will bless those who bless you, Whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What's the word that sticks out a million miles? Blessing. I will bless you. And, in, and, and so I will make you a great nation. You're like, but hang on a minute. They, they, can't, they can't even have a single child, let alone become the parents of a great nation. It's impossible. But this is the whole thing about God's story is that he makes possible what is humanly impossible. He brings light when, humanly speaking, there is none. He brings hope where there shouldn't be any. He breaks in and transforms this situation. Right, now, Sophia, you're Arthur's big sister. You come out. And um, just to, maybe we could have, I asked Jill and um, Talitha's coming out, and maybe someone else as well who's adult enough and, and careful enough to handle a safety pin. We are going to lay blessings on you, Abraham. Well, Sophia, come out to the front here. <coughs> there we go. I'm going to move my tent out of the way slightly. So, that's right. If you come here, we've got, how many blessings are given there? It's interesting. There are actually seven. If you count them up, it's interesting. At the number seven, oops, there we are. So there's a safety pin at one. If you just attach that to her shoulder, please. There we go. I'll leave those with you. So there are seven blessings there. Look, let's count them up. It's deliberate, isn't it? The number, the, the number seven in the Bible is the, ho is the number of holiness. It's, it's symbolically, it's the number of perfection and holiness. So look what we've got. One, I will make you a great nation. In other words, loads of descendants are going to come from you, and you are going to be great. I will bless you. Blessing, that is, that word takes us right back to the beginning of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 1 and 2, when God looks at his creation and blesses it. In other words, he says to it, everything, my, all my good love and my purposes and my joy is set upon this. That's what it means for God to bless. 
And that's what he's saying to Abraham. I'm going to bless you. He says, I'm going to make your name great. Isn't that interesting? Here we are, nearly 3,000 years later, talking about this bloke, this Iraqi guy, Abraham. It's extraordinary. This Abraham, I will make your name great. I will make you a blessing. In other words, not only will I bless you, I will bless others through you. He says, I will bless those who bless you. In other words, those who look well towards you and, and, and uh, I, will, I will bless. Oh, look, she's been blessed immeasurably. Look at all that blessing that has been poured out upon us. All these blessings. How many, how many ribbons are there? This colorful blessing. Have we got seven? We should have seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, we do have seven. That's good. I will bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. In other words, anyone who messes with you, he says, they're my, they'll be my enemies. All, look at this, the end of it. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's why I asked you, can't, oh, look, the stopper didn't go into it. Are you ill? <laughs> I, no, not, 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 sorry, that sound came out wrong. I was going to blow into it. Are you, are you ill? Yeah, go on, you do it, all right. <laughs> Otherwise, see, my logic was I was going to blow into it, but I suddenly realized if she had coronavirus or the plague, I might, I might not do it. But anyway, so all nations on earth will be blessed through you. So we've got people from so many, we, I mean, we've got plenty of nations this morning in, in the church, and it's amazing how that promise comes true, isn't it? Through Abraham. So how does the blessing get from Abraham to us? Well, there we are. Thanks, Caroline. That's very, um, that's very good of you. There, all right. I know it does. It does. Don't worry. It's all right. Got it. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, all the nations of the world will all be blessed through Abraham, this promise. So, look, all these blessings have been laid upon you, but I want to show how they will go outwards as well. So, I want you to see if you can do a twirl. Can you keep your arms in and do a twirl? And see if all the blessings will spin around. Let's see if it works. Whee! Faster, 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 faster. Oh, is she going to... Ah, well done. That's brilliant. Thank you. Because those... Ble Thank you. Well done. That's a great twirl. Because those blessings given to Abraham... You can go and sit down now. Thanks for it. Those blessings, they don't, they're not just laid upon Abraham. They're laid upon him in order to go out into the world. And we say, well, how do those blessings get out into the world? And the answer to that question, ultimately, is that Abraham's descendants, Abraham's descendants, it's interesting, isn't it, that in the end, Abraham's descendants, the nation, you read the Bible, this explains a lot of it, you read the Old Testament of the Bible, and so often the people, the 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 the, the, the the descendants that in general kept on turning away from the Lord and worshipping not gods. They kept doing it and turning away from him. And so in the end, it came down to one descendant of Abraham, one particular descendant of Abraham, to carry the entire nation. His name is Jesus, and he comes as the child, the descendant of Abraham, to fulfill that promise and to extend the blessing out to the entire world. 
And so this moment to Abraham, 1,800 years before Jesus, sorry, did I say nearly 3,000? I meant nearly 4,000 years before us. This is, this is nearly, nearly 2,000 years before Jesus was born that this happened. This promise has everything to do with Jesus because in the end it is he who fulfills this promise to bring God's blessing to the whole, whole world. And so all nations shall be blessed according to this promise given to Abraham through Abraham's descendant, Jesus Christ. Now, what that means is, what that means is, it doesn't matter what your background is. When it comes to coming to Jesus, it doesn't matter what your background is. Are you a, a, a lot of you here are British people, you know, born in this country and British, um, or however you define British, I don't know. But God says, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you are. I love you. My blessing is for you too, because all nations will be blessed for you. Are you from Brazil? Are you from, um, oh, looking around, Italy, Latvia? I could keep going around the room like that. I'm not going to, but I could. Germany. See, I am. See, I can keep going around the room like that. It doesn't matter where you're from, what your background is. Hong Kong. God says, I will bless you through Abraham's descendants. It's for you. And you could say, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pagan, tree-hugging British pagan. That's my background. You know, that's what we are as Brits in this northern windy island in the North Atlantic. What have I got to do with the promise God gave to Abraham? And Jesus said, you come in, Tom. You, you British people, you come in. You Chinese people, you come in. You Australians, you come in as well. You know, even the Australians said, you South Americans, you whoever you are. From the Caribbean, come in. Because it doesn't matter where you're from. This promise is for you. It doesn't matter what your background is. You may have grown up like Abraham and Terah did and the family there in Ur of the Chaldeans, worshipping all sorts of nonsense. He says, come in. This blessing is for you. And thank goodness for Abraham because he answered the call. God said to Abraham, come on, you come, trust me, and let's see what I'm going to do. Thank God that he did because that's actually why we're here today because God, Abraham answered that call. I'm going to stop now and we're going to sing, Oh Jesus, I have promised, an old, well, relatively old hymn. I'll get the organ out, thanks Louisa. And uh, we're going to stand and sing this hymn and uh, it'll remind us of the call that God says to all of us. He says, don't stay sitting where you are, as it were. Take that step and trust in Jesus. And for some of you, that might mean coming along on Wednesday night to the 321 course. It's a great chance to sort of get your head around some of these things a bit more and to ask more questions and investigate. I'd love to talk to you about that 321 course. If you're curious, it's for people who are curious. And uh, it's starting on Wednesday.